0: Brandon, what do you know about prayer? <laughs>
1: well, I know that my uh, my whole family, me and Ashley and my kid, are all sick right now. Um, oh. They're getting over it, and I'm getting into it. Oh, um, yuck. And so I feel like the prayer is a great relevant topic right now. Um, because if there's anything that makes me want to pray sometimes, it's
0: not feeling good. Um, Ooh, I tell so. you what, I... I hear you there. Well, we're back um, for another week of All Questions Considered. This is a weekly uh, online space and show for engaging our curiosity, for sitting with the discomfort of not having easy answers, for learning to ask good questions, and to learn to love and live with questions. Um, I'm Pastor Drew, and I'm here with Curious Brandon Lair. Look, we did it this week, um, and uh, and and we're here. And so uh, we we gather every week and talk about questions. This week, we're asking and considering questions about prayer. A couple of quick announcements up top as we get ready. Number one, make sure every um, week we want to have your questions. Um, So part of the reason that we record the show live is that we'd love for you to chime in, to leave comments, to participate in the chat, wherever you are joining us from. Um, So share questions, especially tonight, questions about prayer. But if you've got questions that aren't exactly about what we're talking about, put them in there anyway. That's what we use to Uh, come up with some of these topics for the shows. You know, the last couple of weeks have been directly from questions that we didn't get to in other weeks. So please share your questions in the chat uh, throughout the night. Talk back to us. We hope that it can be a conversation. You know, again, the hope of the show is that it's engaging your curiosity too. Um, Great ways to ask the questions and to keep up to date with us in the meantime. Uh, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash all questions considered for right now. That's the best place to get information, to get updates on the show. And there is a pinned post on that page uh, on our Facebook page that has a link to a Google form where you can submit a question anonymously. You can just go in and leave a question about whatever about God, faith, life, and uh, we'll try our best to get it on the schedule to be considered. Um, and then the the last note I'll leave up top. We'll talk a little bit more about it at the end. Um, next week, we'll be at a different time. Um, and, and we're still, uh, uh, you know, we are in episode 11. So we've got 10 episodes, uh, 10 weeks that folks have been with us here. And we're really grateful for that. But also, um, this is still a new thing, right? We're trying to figure out what works best, how we can best um, keep engaged with and hear your questions and consider them together and so we're gonna try a couple of changes in the next little bit nothing crazy but to see if we can um better foster that community that conversation um and uh and connect with you all whether you're watching with us live whether you're watching the videos later or you are going um to pick it up on your podcast service of choice
1: love it drew Um, You're so good at doing that rundown of everything that needs to be said so that we can quickly jump into the good stuff, the questions for today. And we're talking about prayer. So if you're watching live and want to throw a question in the comment, we'd love to see that, anything about prayer. Um, But Drew, I want to start with hearing about what prayer looks like for you, what your relationship is like with prayer. For me, um, my relationship to prayer now versus growing up feels very different um, and I'm sure it'll evolve even more over the next, over the future. But for me growing up, I kind of miss how prayer felt back then. And some of me kind of has a nostalgia longing for how prayer was. So I'm curious to see kind of what, through our conversation, if, um, if my, if some of my rational brain wants to squash my urge to pray and some of my, like, I don't know, my heart wants to get into it and just like surrender to like, I enjoy praying to somebody watching all of this somebody up in the sky that's like a witness that's how it felt for me growing up was it felt Mm. like a buddy that i had with me all the time that was witnessing to every moment of my life and having a witness to everything felt so good and then at some point i was like is there anybody that i'm talking to i don't know if i um am just talking to myself here is is this just self-soothing practice (laughs) self-regulation practice um or or what's going on here so i'm i'm excited to talk with you about prayer but tell me for yourself yeah what does prayer look like for you
0: yeah so i'll maybe start a little bit where you were talking and just generally like what has prayer meant to me or been like at different points in my life and then i can kind of end up with um where i'm maybe at today uh but who knows um sometimes that stuff is is moving and moving. and one of the things that i have learned over the years is that different practices of prayer, different ways of praying and thinking about praying um, have served me better at different points in my life. And so there certainly were times in my life where kind of like what you're talking about, right? There's just like thinking about uh, God as being close and, and witnessing what I was going through and as a conversation partner. So there are times in my life when um, and maybe for for some of our listeners, you know, you've heard prayer described as conversation with God. And I think that that's one way that um, I've certainly seen prayer throughout my life. It's just like, it's conversation. Um, what I will say about that is then at some point, as I was kind of thinking of prayer as conversation with God, uh, a, a mentor um, asked me, Do you ever listen? <laughs> um, which was a little bit convicting, but to think about like conversation. Ideally, you're talking and listening, right? Like it is a two-way communicative thing. And sometimes we think about talking with God uh, and prayer as talking to God. And so it was interesting to me to then think about, well, what does it mean to listen, right? I I knew pretty well what having a conversation with God looked like when I was doing the talking. Um, And so I remember that being an interesting kind of uh, insight that that was offered to me. Um, and then kind of wondering what is, what does prayer look like when I, you know, what does listening look like in, in terms of prayer? Um, and then the other part of, uh, prayer throughout my life has been this idea that we pull from the scripture, Christian scriptures of, uh, praying without ceasing and always wondering, like, what does that mean? Because if prayer is, yeah, right. I mean, like you can't have kids. Yeah, if I look other places in scripture, right? If I look at like Jesus talking about praying in private um, instead of praying in public, right? And he's like, yeah, you just go. So I'm like, okay, well, so I, I sit home in my room talking at, talking to God over and over. Am I always like in a physical posture of prayer? Um, yeah, am I always in the, the closet? Is that
1: what the verse said? You know, like go in- Yeah, yeah it's board. like go in your
0: room close door like going to the inner part of the house and close the door so yeah like a plate a room where you'd be alone yeah. um just repeating like our father who art in heaven sure right yeah um and uh and so like is that it and if pray is the kind of again holding that insight of well to pray without ceasing and to think about paul is the one who says that and he's like working and preaching and talking I'm like, so there's something in here that I'm missing because it's not like praying without season isn't stopping everything else and like folding my hands and repeating the same words over and over or even new words over and over. Um, then what does it mean, right? What does that look like? And that maybe led me on on a path that plus the listening insight led me on a path of kind of expanding what I would consider to be prayer or what I what I thought prayer could be um, and what prayer has looked like then throughout my life. Um, and, uh, and so these days there's a particular practice that I find pretty meaningful and use most days. Um, that's called the, the Ignatian examine, um, which is a kind of like a framework and, and, uh, pretty ancient centuries old practice of prayer, um, that I find helpful for my lifestyle right now. But sometimes prayer looks like, uh, good music, um, playing and singing camp songs, uh, with, with my wife and the, and, and kids. And, um, sometimes prayer looks like just, um, kind of trying to be aware of God and neighbor throughout my day and kind of like, um, change my priorities a little bit of what I'm thinking about, but it it looks a lot different. And, but I would say those are maybe some key insights throughout my life. Like, okay, if prayer is a conversation with God, do I ever listen? And what does it mean to listen? Um, because my framework, my, my, my go to definition was like, Talking Neil, at God. Yeah, right. And either not not always alone, sometimes with people, like mm-hmm. at church, we'd pray. Um, we gang up on God we'd... and talk at God and <laughs> with a bunch yeah. of people. And we'd put you on speaker, God.
1: Hang on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, God conference calls. Uh, okay. So, You were just listening there a few different ways that prayer now can look like for you. Music, campfire with the kids. Um, sometimes it's awareness of presence. So can you talk a little bit about like what is prayer? And sometimes what's helpful is to look at the negative of what isn't prayer to kind of distinguish here what are we talking about when we talk about prayer?
0: Yeah. So again, I'll i kind of pull on these definitions that maybe we already know, but maybe there are worth a a reconsidering, right? So if if one, I still like the definition that prayer is kind of talking with God, having a conversation with God, but then when we open up that, uh, asking of of kind of like, well, then what does it mean to listen? Um, and then we we might talk about uh, like meditation um, or. Uh, silence or, or contemplative um practices of of being quiet of listening i think of um in quaker meetings they they sit until the holy spirit stirs somebody to speak Unless you're sitting um in silence right like listening until until it's time um and uh And so there are a lot of different ways that it can look like that still would fall in that realm of kind of like conversation with God. The other piece of prayer that I would wonder about um, is uh, these examples of prayer of like praying for others. Um, We call it kind of the theological term is intercessory prayer. But we learn it as far back as, you know, like Abraham uh, pleading with God not to destroy Sodom. Um, if, Mm. if there are still righteous people in it and Moses, um, reminding God, Hey God, these are your people, not, not just my people. These are your people. You brought them out of slavery. Um, you didn't bring them out here just to abandon them, right? Like praying on behalf of. Other people, um, mm-hmm. so, so there's prayer a... is <laughs> cooling God down a little bit <laughs> when God gets in certainly in, in those two examples, it seems like it. Um, I just love, I really love, um, you talk about kind of like conversations, and and sometimes we think conversation with God and we think, oh, I have to use the right words and I have to be prim and proper, or I can only use, uh, you know, I'm we're in in my church, right? There's like a bulletin and there are like responsive prayers written in our bulletins oh, and in our yes. handles and stuff, and people kind of get. Uh, tied to the text right I got to have the right words and say the right things or stick with the classics like um, like the Lord's Prayer or whatever right Um, but I just love like when Moses is having a conversation with God right which is my what I have posited as a definition of prayer for us it's like it's like two parents arguing over their kids. Like, let me tell you what your kid did today. Do you know what? And he's like, no, 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 no. Let me tell you about your kid and what's going on. And like, that's, um, that's the kind of back and forth that Moses has in conversation with God mm-hmm. um, in prayer. And, um, and so I think that there's, you know, there's some interesting um back and forth to that. Cause there, that also opens to us like, well, is it a once? it's not necessarily a one-sided conversation the other way. Cause in those examples, like God's like, I'm going to do this. And Moses like, uh, you shouldn't do that. God. Um, and yeah. which, which might invite us to explore, to consider, you know, what that conversation looks like and the, the kind of push and pull and is there change that happens here and, um, what all, what all is going on? What is, what does it mean? Um, and then I think prayer also is about how we sort of posture ourselves um, Mm. and, and how we orient ourselves. So even, um, like when people, um, the, the word prostrate is like what people do when they fall down at Jesus feet or whatever. Mm. Right. And and yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's a posture. It's a laying down, um, you know, prostrate it's and, uh, or I think of, um, you know, some of, some of what I've learned about prayer, I talked about this in our interfaith episode, I've learned from, um, Muslim neighbors and having like specific times that call to attention, you know, like in having a call to prayer and, Oh, this is a time that I'm going to do this. And then orienting your body in a certain direction and taking on a certain posture and, and sort of doing something. And in that way, as much as words, like the physically reorienting yourself toward God, um, there's something really powerful in that. And I think prayer, whether we are like physically turning prayer is about reorienting ourselves to the Mm. divine. Um, You know, what that makes me think of right now is
1: um, is growing up at some point, there was kind of this, and it was a good stage for me of being like, God's with me all the time. It can be informal. It doesn't, I don't have to be so tied to certain words or um, I can kind of do it as I'm driving, as I'm walking, I can talk with God all the time. But there and that can be great. And that might be what some people uh, need to lean into. But what what's hitting me with what you're saying right now is the benefit sometimes of saying, I'm going to stick to a schedule with prayer. I'm going to turn my body and um, enter into an engaged posture. I think about my relationship with uh, my wife, Ashley, and it's like she's I'm around her a lot. And so sometimes it can be really easy to be like, she's always there. I can kind of yell into the other room. She's over there. But, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but there's something meaningful about like at five o'clock we connect with each other and talk about how our day was Mm. i turn towards her my posture my my eye my gaze everything is like locked in with her and she feels that i'm connecting with her i'm engaging with her in deep conversation meaningful conversation so that's interesting because i remember kind of feeling like oh i'm letting go of the formality and that was a helpful stage. And now I want you're, you're making me think <laughs> about the benefits, of kind of intentionality and the same way that I would with my wife. That's interesting. That's interesting. yeah,
0: yeah. You know, two two kind of pieces to that. One, um, I this is on my mind because I've been teaching about it. But I've been teaching about kind of like the history of monasticism, mm-hmm. um, and like Christian monks, and. Um, coming up with what they call like rules for life but it's like yeah you wake up and you spend time in prayer and scripture and there's like this like structure to the day that can really help um granted like in throughout the history of monasticism there's like ways that that rule can look really crazy and like (laughs) like there was a practice in um among celtic monks early celtic christian monks that like you try to be as uncomfortable as possible uh, while you're praying which is like i i just always think it's interesting cuz most of the time when i think about like contemplative meditative prayer it's like plant both feet firmly on the ground right the most Relax. comfortable roll, roll your shoulders arms. back yeah unclench your jaw right like that's how we get set for like a a contemplative prayer and um but for these monks it was like shove your face in the mud and contort (laughs) your body into like now uh, what do you think
1: was the point of (laughs) that
0: practice um i well i think i think maybe the original point is uh to connect with sort of like the discomfort and the change that you might need to to make in life to, to perhaps connect with um maybe with like to try and have empathy with pain and suffering in the world i I mean i think there are lots of like maybe like good reasons for it i know that a lot of what it seemed to become um and when it was kind of uh reigned back in a little bit when we come to like benedict's rule for um monastic life is uh it became like the way to show that you were more pious and holy. Uh, like I yeah. can, I can be in the, you know, it was like the CrossFit of um, whatever right? like, <laughs> but I uh, don't to like poke, but like, just be like, I can do more, right? Like yeah. I can, I can flip this tire more and, and <laughs> make myself more uncomfortable and crazy. Um, and uh, for, for the Lord and to prove yeah. I'm, a, I'm really a Christian. Um, and, and so some of that stuff got written in, but having that set pattern and guide, having a, a practice, having a, a rule to, at times I'm going to do this. Um, the other thing that, that, that brought to mind, right. Is it, uh, if, if prayer, if one of the things that prayer is, is reorienting ourselves toward God. Um, I also think about this language of um, divided and undivided attention. Right. And so when I heard you talking about like, Oh yeah, like, you know, at a certain point in the day, I will turn to Ashley, I'll turn to my wife, right. Like uh, you were saying, and, and, will i will give her my attention she knows that i am fully engaged right and it's yeah. the same way like i could say the same thing like lee and i could have a conversation on the couch while we're both scrolling our phones or whatever right or we could like set everything down and like turn towards each other and have a conversation um and uh and so prayer maybe is a practice of um taking our divided attention and, and refocusing it and, mm. and providing a, a time and space of, of kind of undivided attention in a world where we're so divided so often. Now, the interesting thing I will say uh, is that it seems to me that undivided attention on God actually turns us out from self and toward neighbor and world and would engage us in the present. Looks like being more engaged in the present often than being disengaged from. So I think there's a way of understanding prayer where if I need to give God my undivided attention, I need to go into the, the back room of the house and close the door and, you know, really kind of focus. And I think that's, uh, yeah. I think that that's one way to understand that. And this is where I get into that kind of tension, right? In in my own life. And I think maybe I would say like a beautiful diversity and variety in what prayer can look like and how it can be helpful and useful at different times, because then there's a, the other way of, no, actually me giving God my undivided attention is going to pull me into the deep hurting of the world. It's going to pull me into the present moment of how wonderful this is. You know, we look at somebody uh, like St. Francis, who is known for connecting with nature um, and, uh, and, and animals and things and like engaging the world around him and seeing God at work. And so I think that, um, I think that prayer, like undivided, even in giving us undivided attention, can look in, like all of those ways, right? Like it can look like a deep, personal, meditative thing. And it can look like engaging me in the present. And sometimes there's kind of like a nice rhythm and flow to those things. Mm, um, yeah. But yeah, it, it is, um, it's a neat and interesting I, it,
1: I'm also, it makes me think about our view of god where god is mm. um i don't know if, it's definitely not uh i don't want to open a can of worms of what god <laughs> is and all of that sure. but kind of our understanding of the cosmos if you will yeah um, often you know if you go back to the old testament oftentimes they had like a three-tiered view of the universe where there's kind of the heavens above the earthly realm and then below that there might be some underworld or something and so there's kind of this um Often you're praying upwards. You lift your hands up. You turn your gaze up towards God. You those types of things. Um, and for me, as my the way that I kind of conceptualize God uh, as it shifts, I'm thinking now about how prayer kind of might shift a little bit. And so yeah. if um, if God is kind of always with me, then prayer might be able to be something that's kind of maybe a little bit more. Um, never ceasing if if God is kind of part of me if I am in some way maybe divine and in some sense then you know talking to God is also in some way getting in touch with the deepest part of myself Um, so I'm struck with that I don't know if I have a question there but just the way that we conceptualize and understand God can kind of shift Mm -hmm. um, what prayer looks like you know as we evolve and all of that
0: yeah. No, I really think so. Um, I think you're, you're, you're spot on, right? Like where, where we locate God, what God is like to us um, might change and shift because I even think of um, even if we just place more emphasis on sort of uh personal relationship with God, um, it might shape how we approach prayer. If we, versus even if we pray, place more emphasis on like, Communal relationship mm-hmm. with God, God bringing me into relationship with the world around me, all all of those kind of aspects of um, of the divine from that yeah. perspective, and and it and as that might shift for us, even even if it doesn't like if we're not totally removing anything or adding anything in, just as as we have more emphasis or connect with um, different views of um and and pieces of and parts of um who god is that that might change us. the other thing that that brings to mind is we we were talking a little bit about um you had a question from somebody who isn't sure if they believe in god but is thinking about prayer yeah yeah
1: gotta, uh, I, so, like
0: I, I think that that plays into what we're talking about here right like what you this. think about god so go might and,
1: yeah <laughs> yeah I'll, so i'll read this question and i can relate to this um on some levels i grew up christian but now i'm an atheist but I still like to pray sometimes. Is it just superstition or comfort or is there any benefit to prayer if you don't believe in a God? And I can, yeah. I can kind of relate to that. I, in some ways feel like I'm maybe not a theist, maybe not. Um, I don't want to get too uh, into definitions here, but uh, but my God is kind of dissolved a little bit. The God that used to be kind of very located and defined and had borders around it, Um right now feels like it's kind of dissolved into like, I kind of sometimes feel like I see God in everything. I feel God in myself. And, um, and so, so I'm like, wait, what does prayer look like now uh, when God is kind of just a part of this whole thing? Um, is anything not prayer? Is anything actually prayer? And yet at the same time, sometimes there's comfort for me in praying the way that I used to when I was eight, 10, 12 years old um, is that I don't know if I believe in a God in the sky but sometimes I like to, to pretend for a little while <laughs> and pray to a God in the sky. Because again, I like that um, almost like a personifying of this, this infinite mystery that I can't wrap my head around. Sometimes I like to personify it into a being that I can talk to kind of like another person. And so, uh, so anyways, I can relate to this question of uh, growing up Christian, but now an atheist, I still like to pray sometimes what's going on there what's going on there yeah yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah. no i i mean kind of two things here one i really have to in this particular one lean into my own curiosity because i am just like i just want to know more about the person that's asking this question Mm. um and even as you share those stories right like i could we we could have a two-hour conversation offline about like what? why do you think that is? Like, I wonder, I wonder what it is that, you know, you, it sounds like maybe comfort's part of it. Like, I just like, tell me yeah. more. I want to know, you know, and, and the person's asking like, is that superstition? Um. Well, what's superstition to you? Like, what do you, do mm. you find health And like, what, like, I just want to know more. I just want to ask more questions. Yeah. Um, and so, so I, I, I don't know. I love that. Maybe that means it's a good question. Maybe it, I just love that it's engaging my own Um, curiosity right Um, you know I I think that that's really interesting as I hear you talk about you know a a shifting perspective on God um, I was thinking about uh, the um, philosopher and theologian Peter Rollins that I've mentioned a few times and I know you know but he talks about uh, sometimes there are signs where it says uh, like all the letters smushed together it says God is nowhere Mm. or God is now here And depending on our perspective, like it's, it is the same, right? Like if there's no spacing between the words, we're putting the space in. And so depending on what your perspective is. So, but I I love, I like kind of that shift, right. Of like, I think God is, is there. Like I can locate God in a specific place. And then I go, I move into this, like God is nowhere this. And sometimes it's in that very, God is nowhere because God's not there, right? Like God is nowhere Yeah. that I'm like, Oh no, God is now here. Like God is able to, you know, that, that's for me is the, you know, um, sort of like Orthodox Christian understanding of, um, of an, an imminent and transcendent God, a mm-hmm. God that is beyond space and time means that God is nowhere and everywhere. God is, God yeah. is here and now, and God is other places and other times. Ta- like, um, it gets into really interesting places, but it talks about like what our what our perspective is, and so I I wonder too, like you know the questions that I have for this person are what what do you find meaningful in prayer, right? Like if 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 they want to know if there's a point, I I just ask like what do you get out of it? How do you feel when you do this? What is um how do you feel before and after um and yeah. and kind of very practical experiential like what's happening here in terms of um like the other questions i'd have are what what are your views on god when you when you're praying what does that look like are you praying to something if, you know and if if we're to go back to part of you know one of my definitions or both of my kind of definitions of prayer one is about uh being a conversation with god and and again you know we can play around in definitions we've talked about god is ground of being we've talked about god is nowhere and now here we talked about um God is as very personal, or even embodied or incarnated, right? But so, so you know, if if it's conversation with God, well, you know, what are you having conversation? What what or who are you talking to, right? What's what's going on there? What's your understanding of of who? They, or what are you orienting yourself towards if you know if you're finding prayer meaningful? Um, and uh, and then the other thing that I'd maybe place alongside this is I know that there are people who practice sort of like meditation or um like focused breathing and there's not necessarily like they wouldn't talk about god in the way that typically mm-hmm. yeah uh religions would talk about god um but there you're doing some sort of meditating um and and so i'd wonder you know how where does that play in how does that relate are you connecting if it's about connecting with yourself i wonder like does this person have some sense of where you know um for christians we lean into imago dei like image of god or an indwelling of the holy spirit to say to like lean into that but and so maybe there's some of that coming through or maybe there's just not maybe you just feel better right like maybe you just feel calmer and able to get through the day i know that there are um without uh you i'm sure people could go find studies because i know i've seen some of them but i don't have any like handy i didn't pre-prepare any stuff like that for this but like uh prayer can cha- like has impact on people's brains so they've done neuroscience studies they've put like sensors to notice what your nerve activity was and what your brain activity is when people are meditating and praying um, or worshiping or doing these things and and so like there are sometimes physiological things that happen when yeah. we engage in prayer so from a like science can be helpful in that point toward this person's question of like, is there a point? What is, you know, what's going on? Um,
1: I've seen some of those studies. One of the things that stuck with me, the only thing I can uh, recall offhand is that your view of God. um, So prayer and those kinds of practices impact your brain, but also how it impacts your brain is very dependent on things like your view of God. So if you, if you have a conception of God, that's fearful, um, that could get triggered and be against you in some way, or if you have God that's benevolent, that's for you, um, then the way that those practices impact your brain can be very different. So I think that's interesting is, yeah, um, like you said, taking note of things like, how do you feel before? How do you feel after? What is it doing to you? Because um, I think oftentimes there's maybe um, seeing prayer as a, uh, as a discipline um, and sometimes as an obligatory discipline, Uh, Like I'm supposed to do it. I'm somehow lesser than as a Christian, as a whatever, Mm -hmm. as a human, if I'm not doing these things. So, But instead, I love that you're steering towards what is the effect that it has on you and following that and playing around uh, with that. But the title that you wrote for this, what does prayer (laughs) do? uh, Maybe we could kind of end it there because there's a lot of ideas around there. Does prayer change God in some way? Uh, You were talking about some... uh, stories from the bible where kind of people are arguing with god trying to change god's mind sometimes successfully changing god's mind um, does prayer get us things is it a wish list thing is it um, you know does it actually help us do better on whatever we you know does it actually help us find a parking spot um, yeah. does it change the world in some kind of way so what what does prayer do pastor drew
0: yeah, uh I think we have to we have to actually ask the question right or else everybody's going to be like, "Oh, what a, you know, like clickbait title on YouTube <laughs> or whatever." Um find out next we... episode. Yeah, exactly. Um maybe one day we'll really talk about No, what is what does prayer do? Um I think it's a great question and I think it does lend its lead kind of right from what we were talking about, right? Like I think in there there have been interesting ways to go about asking or answering this question. Um like, you know, checking out what happens to your brain when you pray (laughs) Um, and, and what's going on there. So, you know, there, there are some way, there are different ways and maybe approaches to this question of what does prayer do? And some of them might be like, well, it can make you more relaxed. It could be, um, you know, I think for some people, maybe it's like a pressure release valve, like a, uh, like I've, I've got pent up anxiety or something. And I, or I've got this thing that I feel like I can't talk about with anybody and now I can say it out loud. Um, so maybe, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm a proponent of uh, people seeking out therapy and, and appropriate mental health care for each person. But I think for some people, like maybe they might almost treat like godlike therapist, um, right? Like I'm just going to I'm going to share my problems and I'm going to hope that by getting them out there and being open and honest, and this is the format in which I can do it um that that some movement will happen some recognition will happen something something will go on here i think for some people um prayer is is truly like kind of a centering or prioritizing thing like this is going to help me focus through my day this is going to help me move through um i think about uh I can't go an episode without quoting Martin Luther, I guess, but he would talk about when he was really, when he'd start every day with an, hour. he was a monk to begin with, but so he'd say, I start every day with an hour of prayer. And on days when my schedule is particularly full, I begin with two hours of prayer. Um, yes, and I always I like think... And we, all uh, of
1: us listening just uh, took a shot just to let you
0: know. Uh, we've yeah, okay, it yeah, yeah. Day yeah. Day. yeah a, um, okay, good, drink it, yeah. Um, see see what references Pastor Drew makes this week. Um, yeah,
1: Peter Rollins, uh, Martin Luther. Martin Luther, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all pretty buzzed. God right is now. ground
0: of being. Um, <laughs> how many are we going to? Also, uh, these, um, but yeah, no, I just love that idea of like, I, it seems to me then for Luther, part of what he thought prayer did was prepare him to go about that work, like would set him up appropriately to remember what was most important. Right. So the more, the more divided your attention is the higher um the, the things uh, on your to-do list are like other things are on your to-do list or whatever. He would try and say like, this is the most important thing. Um, I'm rooted and grounded in here. Uh I'm going to remember God's grace. I'm going to give thanks and have gratitude for that. And it's going to be the thing that moves me throughout the day. Mm. Um, And so, so prayer might like set your intentions for the day. Prayer might uh, align you better with what's most important. Help you you reprioritize.
1: Something that's consistent through here um, is, I mean, we could, we could talk about God as the ultimate um, is a way of, thinking about what God is or who God is, is, is kind of the ultimate um, and talking about prayers, conversation or connection. So what I could kind of take away from this is kind of like, a, was it last episode or an episode of, uh, two or two ago is like kind of de a concept. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, is, is prayer as connecting with the ultimate. And, uh, and so for each of us, we might kind of, you know, put different language to that. Um, the ultimate might be love. It might be, Um, it might be God, it might be the divine, it might be your priorities, your values. And so when you orient and, um, kind of connect with those things, that could be a way of talking about prayer is connecting with what is ultimate to you. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah, I think so. Well, and, um, since I'm already there, we'll just like, so Luther would talk about whatever, whatever you place your ultimate trust in, whatever is ultimate to you is your God. Oh, nice. um, Yeah. I, uh,
1: I didn't need to, yeah. I figured it and out. And so so I mean he would either
0: say right like you've chosen you've for Luther he would say you've chosen God or you've chosen something else and turned uh, it into God right you've you've kind of made an idol out of whatever else it is. So um but like it would make sense right like if it, but anyways um with other things that prayer does I mean I do think I want to look at some of those examples from scripture and maybe some personal examples from my own life like I th- I think that um, I think that prayer has capacity to, um, connect us with and help us feel connected to God, to the divine. I think that, um, it seems to me in multiple places that like prayer can change God's mind. Um, there's at least possibility there. Um, I think that, uh, that there's a lot of, you know, it, it's interesting because we'll talk about like, God being unchangeable, like theologians will talk about that. Uh, but yeah. like we literally just had a reading from Exodus um, where Moses argues with God and it says in the text, God changed God's mind. <laughs> um, and uh, and so like, does that happen all the time? Not at all. Does it happen every time somebody prays? Doesn't seem like it. Um, is it maybe possible? Maybe. Um, I think more often um, in scripture and in experience, uh, prayer changes the prayer Like it might, uh, it helps us like, because it reorients us, it, it might change our priorities. It might, um, open us up in different ways. It, It has, I think more capacity to change the one who is praying than, um, than we do to change God. But I also know that like, there's, there seems to be something about prayer where I have visited enough people in hospital rooms, both members of my own congregation and just people in general, when I was serving as a hospital chaplain, that um, we'll talk about feeling the presence of prayers, like mm. feeling that people are, are holding them in care and lifting them up um, to God. I think that um, prayer has, because it has this capacity to kind of change us, because it has this capacity um, to help us feel connected to God and to one another, um, I think it is often helpful in, um, in people's healing journeys uh, you know, I, we don't talk, we don't always consider how, uh, our wellness is really interconnected, right? Like our, and then even when we start to think about like, oh, you know, actually my mental health is better when I work out and go for walks or whatever. And my physical health is better. And, and my physical health is better when my mental health is better. And then we start thinking about like emotional health, um, and things. Sometimes we, we might leave out kind of our, a, a spiritual dimension to health, but, there's um just like some of the neuroscience we were talking about there's there's reason to say that um you know our spiritual wellness um and and i mean that's you you'd have to think about how different people define that differently but your spiritual wellness plays a part in in your overall wellness um and and so i mean i think i think prayer has capacity to help people in their healing journeys i think prayer has capacity to um create empathy and connection and real connection with people i mean i think that there is something about um oh, uh archbishop Elias Shakur, um was the former archbishop of the melkite catholic church um and wrote a, a wonderful book that's kind of like a biography autobiography called blood brothers a palestinian christian um really suffered when Israel the, the modern nation of Israel was reestablished and uh, but he would talk about his dad passing on to him um praying like just, like literally doing what Jesus says to do in the sermon on the mountain like praying for the people who are persecuting you or who have driven you out of your home and talk, he he would talk about what it actually did to change his heart and give him empathy and and actually open up capacity a lot of times you know i i talk to people and they're like yeah how do I love my neighbor when my neighbor's a jerk? Um, let alone, how do I love my enemy? Somebody that actually wants to cause me harm. And what's interesting is when Jesus in the sermon on the Mount says, love your enemies, he says, and pray for those who persecute you. And I, I think that prayer, um, gives us greater capacity for love, um, and, and compassion and connection and empathy. And so I, I mean, I've seen that happen. I've, I've heard other people attest to that kind of a thing. Um, and again, that might change based on what your notion of, of God of prayer is, right? Like if you are um, in the Christian tradition and subscribe to the, the theology of, that's in the Johannine scriptures in, in John, and in the letters of John, uh, that God is love, then certainly, you know, doing something to converse with, commune with, and uh, orient yourself towards love is going to make you more loving.
1: Yeah, and I love that because I think about prayer um... – as kind of entering into and connecting with love. And so it's like, of course, that doesn't mean to me. Of course, that shifts my priorities. Of course, that puts me in a different state. Of course, it it impacts my emotions. Um, And so entering into that, like connecting with love, um, which, you know, we can kind of talk about prayer as as connecting with God. But part of me goes, but am I ever not connected to God? But when I think about (laughs) it kind of as connecting to something like love, um, it's like, oh yeah, sometimes it's like, it's right there, but I'm not actually living in that kind of flow in that sure. place. It's it's always right there around me, but I can kind of orient towards it or not orient towards it. Yeah. Um, I love I can you know, pretend
0: like it's somewhere else. I can put it in the corner. I can, um, I can be oblivious to it
1: Yeah. <laughs> or I, or sometimes I can not even fool myself that it's like, oh yeah, I'm living in love right now. Or it's like, sure. I'm. But it's like when I really do try to engage with it, uh, connect to it, orient towards it, it's like I can sometimes be convicted of like, you know, this isn't what love looks like right now. Um, And so I I love that you're leaving space for some of these gray areas like uh, can prayer change God's mind? Uh, Like that's something that I just go like, ah, it's archaic stuff when, uh, you know, (laughs) this is um, ancient stories of people with a more... um, fantastical view of the world and so but i love i'm that just getting everybody ready time.
0: brandon i'm getting everybody ready here's the early plug you're gonna hear from me again in like three minutes uh next week's the bible next and week. so we gotta you know we gotta we gotta we gotta think about it we gotta consider all of all of what's out there and uh so i know, know i just know enough to know that i don't understand every <laughs> every way that uh god or the world or even myself works and so uh, it seems like maybe about- you can <laughs>
1: Prayer for
0: other people
1: and mm, healing
0: yeah. other people's prayers, prayer for healing.
1: Um, and it makes me think about things where, so my rational brain just goes on overdrive with any of that kind of stuff. Um, I'm, I'm right there it. with
0: you. I'm like, what do you mean? This? Uh, I've
1: heard studies about, um, <laughs> I remember one study that I read where they had a group that was um, they were different sick people. One group was a control group. Nobody prayed for them. (laughs) One group, uh, uh, which is like just sucks if you're like enter into the study hoping that you're going to get some extra prayer. Well, that's Uh, what
0: I want to know. I want to know what the measure of the placebo effect was because you're like uh, somebody could be praying for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I think
1: so. Here's actually what the other groups were. So that group wasn't being prayed for and they must have known they weren't being prayed for because one of the groups was being prayed for and they knew it and one of the groups was being prayed for, and they didn't know it. So there's these three groups. The group that did the worst was the group that was being prayed for and, and knew it. And so um, I don't know how statistical, um, how big of a variation sure. was from the other groups, but one of the hypotheses was maybe there was a little bit of almost like performance anxiety of like, I need to do well to uphold their faith in God or something. Mm. Um, so I thought that was an interesting, interesting. thing. And it yeah. makes me go like, what's the point? Um, like, am I really changing God's mind? Is he really going to get better because I prayed for it? If so, I don't even know if I like that God that's like, I'll only make him better if you pray for him really hard. But also I've heard, uh, I've seen some studies about how, um, People can actually affect other areas kind of with intention, with focus and groups of people, it's even more measurable that groups of people can get together, focus. And um, I don't know how they do these studies and what instruments they're using, uh, but with focus and intention, can actually affect matter in other places, weird stuff like that, that kind of breaks my brain, but helps me move into that humble place of like, I don't fully know what's going on here. And sometimes I think, people thousands of years ago before the enlightenment and modern science kind of intuitively sensed and knew these things that science is just now catching up to. So sometimes I want to shut it down and sometimes I'm like, gosh, this is such a mysterious place.
0: Um, just, so I love coming wild, back. that. Wow, amazing too. world with, with a lot of uh, a lot of questions and a lot of good reasons to be curious about a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I feel like that's a great place to, um, <laughs> to kind of land this of like i love that you kept bringing it around to like what does prayer do to you um and that for me takes it out of this place of am i doing it right is it the right way the wrong way and you would just flip it right back around to like well how does how do you feel what do you feel before what do you feel after um what do you feel like is happening do you? do you feel better do you feel worse uh, what does it mean so, to be right
0: who's coming up with the criteria of what right means uh my favorite thing to tell people if if people do ask that question often like or, or say something like, "I'm not sure I know the right way to pray." And I go, "Well, if you're talking about the right way to pray, to me, the only wrong way to pray is not to, um, because then you're not doing it. Like otherwise, otherwise, you're figuring it out. You're, it's a practice. You're, you're uh, I can give you some pointers on good places to start. Uh, people have been praying the Psalms for a really, 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 really long time, um, and." Uh, and there's a wide range of language in the Psalms too and emotion. So I, I often, when, um, you know, when people are going through something, they're angry and upset and they're, uh, maybe angry and upset with God, the universe, whatever. Um, I'm like, all right, welcome to the club. Let's, you want to get some anger out? Cause you could use your own words or I can find, I can find some for you. And we call them scripture um yeah. and uh and sometimes we kind of forget that and we think that um that yeah that that's not appropriate we think we need the right words the right way or to hold our hands the exact right way which my kids love to talk about like i i like to cross my feet i like to hold my hands like this and i'm like great that's fantastic do it do it
1: Just, yeah that's interesting <laughs> there's you know a lot of um kind of research and benefit to um, connecting with our emotions, connecting with the thing and versus repressing them. And so it's interesting that often our conception of prayer can kind of be this idea of like shutting off what might be true and going on in us and doing the doing the motions. Um, I sure. pray like yeah. this with my body. <laughs> I use these words. I use whatever. Um, but instead as I was seeing Or something that actually helps us get in touch with maybe what is more true than we're even allowing ourselves when we're not praying. Um, And like you said, we have great models for that and we call them scripture uh, with the whole range of emotion. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you want to contact God and and get in touch with the anger inside of you. Yeah, we've got Psalms that are ready for you
0: that's right speaking of psalms and scripture and all kinds of lovely stuff um next week we're talking about the bible so we want to know your questions you can drop them in this chat you can go over to the facebook page facebook.com slash all questions considered and you can put uh the pinned post there has a link to a google form or you can find any of the posts there and comment and say hey i've been thinking about and let us know or reach out to brandon and i directly um couple here's here's a couple ideas about the change in the show so next week we're recording at a different time we'll announce that um as soon as we've got it set let us know know if
1: you have a favorite time yeah if there's a favorite Uh, we're trying to figure out the right time
0: yeah again we we want um with this show part of the idea of the show is that we want it to be conversational part of the idea of recording any of it live at all is so that you can participate um and, and yet we know that we want you to be able to participate, even if it's not at the perfect time for you. So yeah, tell us, maybe, maybe we should go put like a little post or poll or something um, of times on, on the Facebook page. Where maybe people will respond. Um, if there is a time that you like, um, that'd be great. We'd love to do it. But the other thing we're going to try and start doing is we're going to, when we have, um, when we have topics, we're going to try and give them to you a week in advance so that week you can get ready. Um, and start asking us questions and that we can uh, consider some of your questions together uh, when we record the next episode. So next week is the Bible. So any questions you've got on the Bible, um, share them with us between now and next week. Uh, again, different time. It's not going to be 9 p.m. Um, and likely, um, but we'll, we'll let you know, we'll have a new kind of standing time for the recording Um, we're going to try, well, depends on what that time is, but generally we're going to try and keep, um, you know, the, a day and a half or so, right. The next, not the next morning, but the morning after they'll go live on podcast feeds. Um, and of course the archive videos are there too. We may also, um, try and kind of consolidate, um, our audience right now. We're sharing on a lot of channels. We might say, Hey, we'd love for everybody to be talking together. Um, let us know your thoughts on that. If you'd be up for, Trying to have everybody kind of in one place, one or two places to watch. Um, but yeah, generally here, uh, episode twelve. What do I do with my Bible. Um, Where do, go? I do I leave it on the desk? Do I open? Yeah. Do I do I leave it on the desk? Do I open it? What do I do? Um, Can I put um, another book
1: on top of the Bible? That's going to be my most hmm. pressing question.
0: Do you know what's an interesting question that I didn't know that anybody would ever have until? Um, I was a pastor, and it comes up relatively frequently. It's like uh, this is a great question. Maybe we'll add it to the list. What do I do with my with a Bible when I'm done with it? Um, or like somebody died, my grandma died, and had four Bibles. What's the appropriate way, especially as a as a person of faith? Like, what's the appropriate way to dispose of a Bible? Um, can I ever get rid of one? What is that? What does that look like? Um, yeah. I, so I just. I love all these different angles. I'm like, what do I do with my Bible? What is the Bible? Um, I don't have
1: space on my shelf to keep it, but giving it to Goodwill (laughs) feels wrong. um, Sure, yeah. My grandma's Bible is in such ratty shape because she's read it every day for 50 years that nobody can't touch it without it crumbling.
0: So yeah, how do you dispose of a Bible as a Christian? I mean, it's a real thing. Like, so I mean, like I, I don't know, this is not to get really morbid at the end of an episode if anybody hangs in here till the very end with us. But like, you know, I think about I'm a pastor. I'm gonna like when I die, I hopefully I'll give them away before then. But like there's a good chance that I have, you know, more than 10 Bibles. Um that, you know, like kids, grandkids, whoever are gonna be like, what do I what do I do with all of these? So it is, you know, it's an interesting question. Um, but yes, episode episode twelve next week, we're talking about the Bible. So start giving us your questions now. Um, any questions you've got about the Bible? Is it useful? Is it useless? Is it archaic and old? Is it um, is it fact, or fiction, or history? What? Do, how do I read it? Is it one book or a lot of books? Um, what's What's the deal with what, an old and new testament? I like the title. And... What do
1: I do with my Bible? That's <laughs> like right. Just yeah. do I... practical? What do I do with this physical thing? Um, do I so open well, it? hundred and one things you can do with the Bible that you didn't expect?
0: <laughs> we totally could. Uh, but that's just, you know what Brandon, that would be a good TikTok series for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like what what I things think... I can do with my Bible, part thirty two. Um. Yeah. So yeah, so, we'll, uh, bring so us, us your, your question about out? the Bible.
1: Oh, sorry, I can I can start riffing on that right now, um, but I won't. I won't. We'll save that for next week.
0: All right. Well, thank you everybody. Thanks for listening again. Um, we won't be live Tuesday at nine next week, but we will have an episode next week on the Bible. Start giving us your questions. Best place to do that's the Facebook page. Um, we also will have more information really soon, like next week already. About um, we've mentioned a couple times, we've been working on some resources, especially about parenting and faith. Um, so we'll be have more to share next week on that um and uh yeah and otherwise until next week ask a good question
1: ask a good question thank y'all